unexpected trouble? CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. I guess what is our apex mountain? Like, what is our peak? We don't know yet. Mm. Um, but those are two very real considerations is we don't want to compromise on the quality of what we deliver for our young people. And we don't want to compromise on the quality of exploitation, you know. Um, and the production. Exactly. Line. You know, we can't be doing something great here and doing something terrible over here. You're listening to Producing with Purpose, an ethical business podcast with me, Tony Corrales. We'll be speaking to some of the greatest CEOs, creatives, founders, and entrepreneurs who have established and managed companies that put ethical practices at the forefront of their mission, all whilst navigating the challenges of the business world. Welcome to episode five of Producing with Purpose. We're only a couple of weeks into January putting this out, and already it's been a crazy year, and I feel like weeks and weeks have passed, not just, you know, a couple of days, really. I think part of that is because I took the pretty ambitious goal of putting out an episode every week, and I'm absolutely going to try and stick to it. But I also underestimated how challenging it would be to actually get in touch with people at the beginning of January. And in hindsight, I should have been preparing those guests in like November last year to actually have them recorded and ready to go out in January. So I've been a little bit behind in what I plan to do. But Luckily, I spoke to some awesome people at the beginning of this month, and we've actually been able to get this, and we're on track, but it has been a crazy week. So in this episode, you're going to hear my interview with Nick Pierce, the CEO and co-founder of Homie. But we recorded that on Saturday. Then last night, which was Thursday, I was speaking to um, James Perrin, who is the sustainability manager of Stone and Wood. And tonight, in just a couple of hours from now, I'm going to be speaking to Jonathan Sarandis, who is the founder and owner of Sable. So it's been a jam-packed week trying to get three episodes recorded, obviously all the prep and everything that goes with it. So I'm starting to get a little bit of an understanding of the balance of putting out this podcast and try and not burn myself out and putting out something every week. But I'm also absolutely adamant I'm going to stick to that weekly goal. So we're going strong and we're going with it. Of course, alongside all of that, things are really ramping up and moving ahead with no skin as we get closer and closer to having a proper launch underway. And as for many people and many businesses, at the beginning of the year, we're really thinking forward and making our plans. For anyone who tuned into the last episode, you would have heard me talking about how some of the costings and some of the timelines and everything required just seems to expand and how we expand our goals with that. And I still absolutely stand by it. And that's what we're doing. But it also means that we've been having some grand visions around what we would do later in the year and starting to look into different avenues of what we can do to try and succeed as much as possible. One of those things we've been thinking about is actually opening a retail store. So just to give some context into our thinking, No Skin has always been developed to be released originally as an online business. But with all of the uh, all of the stores that are currently for lease around cities because of COVID, there's some pretty, you know, pretty attractive rates going there for leasing and for renting properties. And we're starting to think maybe we could do this and thinking of all the cool things we could do with a store. And you actually start to get a little bit carried away with thinking, okay, well, if we do this and we offer this, then surely that's going to take off. And sometimes you do just need to pull things back into line a bit and maybe have some conversations with people who have done it before and steer you in the right direction. So 
what great opportunity this is then to have those conversations. And as seems to be the case with doing this podcast, the conversations I need just seem to happen at the right time. So in today's chat, you'll hear me talking to Nick Pierce, the founder, uh, or one of the co-founders and CEO of Homey. And we actually had an extensive conversation, not just in what was recorded about the, the ups and downs of owning a physical retail space. For Homie, that's a really important thing for them to have because that's how they offer a lot of their programs to help uh, young people who are experiencing homelessness come in and work within the store itself. But thinking from the concept of or the prospect of just having a regular business, does that really serve a purpose? I come from an online and digital marketing background myself, so I really sing the praises of the prospect of an online business. So why am I still getting drawn to the the thought of having a brick and mortar store? And I think part of it is probably generational. So for me, you know, growing up where the internet wasn't you know prevalent for e-commerce when I was younger, if you wanted to have your own brand, you wanted to have your own store, it was a shop. And it's maybe sometimes hard to detach from the romanticism of actually doing that process and looking to where things are better off and more lucrative for business or really just give yourself a better chance of succeeding and less risk. So there's plenty of back and forth and I don't know exactly where we'll land on deciding whether to have a store or not for no skin, at least in the first six to 12 months. But this was totally a valuable conversation amongst many other points that Nick makes and really gave me a lot to think about. So really happy to have had this chat and I hope you enjoy it as well. Today, I want to introduce you to the streetwear brand Homey. And here with me today is the co-founder and CEO, Nick Pierce. However, Homey is not your average streetwear store. Not only is it one of the most enticing looking locations on Brunswick Street here in Melbourne, they're one of the few who produce with purpose to the ultimate extent, putting all of their profit back into social enterprise and helping youth homelessness. Starting in 2015 as a Facebook page to raise awareness of homelessness in Melbourne, to winners of the 2019 GQ Social Force of the Year Award, it's been an amazing achievement, an amazing journey. So Nick, thanks very much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So there is no doubt that Homie does some incredible work and helps a lot of people. And I'm going to get you to share some stories about that as we go through this chat today. But I really want to focus on how you founded and run the business and you've escalated Homie to be such an incredible enterprise in itself. Thank you. With that in mind, let's start digging a bit deeper than what's on the about section of your website. Yep. Um, I want to go from the perspective of the the co-founder and the CEO. Yep. What's been the biggest highlight of 2021 so far and mm. what's been the biggest challenge that you faced? Yeah, wow. Um, such a good question. And, and look, obviously, it's still um, you know, getting back into the rhythm and the flow of um, what this year will be and um, you know, what, what our goals are. But I think, look, to be honest, starting out, the biggest highlight um, so far, I think, is that we've just got a lovely team. Like we, we pulled together a great team of people finally that's really set. Um, we feel very comfortable in terms of sort of, you know, I, I guess having all those key players in position and now it's really about the execution and I guess the challenge, to be honest, remains for us still um, is to become a sustainable business, um, is to ensure that we can continue to grow our brand, um, you know, and, and I guess how do we do that now in this new age, in this climate um, and, and you know, coming off the back of, of last year, yeah. um, you know, how do we remain relevant, viable, how do we cut through when there are so many worthy brands, causes, you know, just just a small business that needs support, let alone, you know, businesses with purpose and charities, et cetera, you know, it, it is a competitive landscape. So the challenge remains for us is to to stay relevant, to stay viable. Um, so I think 
I feel really good about, you know, as I say, coming into this year, I feel like, yeah, it's a, it's a massive challenge, right, for, yeah. for anybody. How do you get a sustainable business? Um, how do you continue to, you know, show that growth and, and have the, the hope and the confidence and the belief that you'll get to that promised land? Um, but what gives me great faith and, and hope, to be honest, is, as I say, what, what's the best thing so far is that just the team, everyone coming so, back and having all those key pillars and those pieces of the puzzle in play, yeah. ready to go. So, as much as it's a daunting prospect, I couldn't feel more comfortable um, awesome. in, in our approach. Yeah, it's a great testament to the people around you then. So, how what is the, I suppose, the staff, the payroll number of home employees? Mm, it's about 15 now, um, awesome. and that's comprised of... I think it's around almost six or seven now full-timers yep. um, and then some part-timers and um, and contractors and casuals. So, it's it's a smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, look, I'd say, um, as you'd find as well in small business, but also, um, you know, working um, in, a, in a business with purpose that, you know, a lot of people who may be part-time are actually working obviously more, yep. um, you know, and, and typical hours don't apply. Um, you know, it's just that rise and grind and hustle. Um, and that's also, I think, a, a learning and insight for us this year is looking after ourselves. Yeah, I think okay. that's a key risk, um, you know, for, for our people on insight that we found is that burnout, you know, and fatigue and sustainability in yeah, the game. Real, man. <laughs> and looking after yourself. So, yeah. look, we're really fortunate, just good people through and through, which is just, it makes it so nice to come to work for yeah. one, you know, knowing that, okay, we're doing something that means something. And then for two, I'm going to be doing it with great people. So, yeah, so it's, it's grown a lot, right, from a couple yeah, of mates, sure. um, you know, just having a crack. It's, 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 it's generally a lot bigger than us now. Mm. Um, and it's, it's lovely to feel um, like the weight of the world isn't on your shoulders, that it's a shared purpose. And I think we, we view ourselves now, co-founders, you know, just custodians, like it's, yeah. it's legacy. It's about making sure that it may not be you know, forever thing. I mean, hopefully, I, I feel like I'll be involved for a fair bit more time, to be honest. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd love to be able to sort of at one point in time, you know, be over the road from the store stores and walk past and know that I played a part in that, but knowing that it wasn't just me. There's yeah, been it's so in safe many. hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what was the or who was the first person you hired for Homey who mm. was a, a back office member of staff? Yep. Uh, but it was like, right, we've got some good expertise between us as the co-founders, mm. but we really need this person. Yeah, great question. So, we started out um, like working on the shop floor you know okay. and having very limited experience and that was at that point in time sort of marcus and myself and then we actually had a couple of other people um who now so, so ellen um is, a, is is now our um impact manager and yep. managing an enormous portfolio but you know was our first store manager and then another okay. mate of ours darcy who's recently actually um moved into state um who all of our people um that essentially have come from being you know early days sort of yep. Um, you know, founding members of, of, of the cause who've then grown into these roles, right? Like, you know, my title is CEO, but, you know, essentially I was sort of, you know, working on the shop floor to start with trying to just, you know, work out how to run a retail shop and then also order stock and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. our, our first hire beyond kind of, you know, that immediate network of sort of four who were kind of just juggling and learning and growing together. And as an insight, Darcy was making coffees and, and he actually yeah. became our, um, you know, one of our program leaders as well, working well, okay. hands-on with our young people, um, you know. So, it's just very funny how it evolves over time and yeah. intuition takes you to places. But our, our first sort of strategic hire, I think, and I'm racking my brain a little bit because um, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. But outside of that sort of course and foursome was um, we had um, – I, I guess, um, to be honest, that the, the next piece of the puzzle was, was I think it was actually a, 
a contract that we brought in for, for philanthropy and grant writing, right? Okay, you know, being cool. a profit um, because, you know, that, that duality of trying to continue to grow a business but also have impact. Yeah. Um, and, and we probably, um, you know, went down that, that line of because we had um, really high-touch programs trying to get support for that while still trying to bolster and grow a business. So that was actually something that mm. we're lucky to, to be able to play in and, and, and to date still dabble in that space. Um, but certainly the core focus is to become a sustainable business. But to be honest, that was a strategic decision to buy ourselves some more time to give ourselves a longer runway, right? Yeah. Okay. While the plane is taking off and you're building it still. Um, yeah. So that was a strategic high as, as a time buyer, for yeah. sure. So you think it's been, well, I suppose it will have been a big help, but it was a must have, I suppose, along the way in what you were setting up that you're obviously operating and you're able to bring in funds from what you're selling and the product you're selling. Mm. And we'll talk a little bit about the journey up to that point. Definitely. But there's also got to be that external startup funding, which in your case could actually be acquired through grants and through the sort of not-for-profit status that you have. Absolutely, yeah. So I think we're just very fortunate to be able to play in both those yeah. worlds, right? And as I say, like it was a time buyer and, and, and still is to, to some extent, mm. right? Is that, you know, it's it's we, we wouldn't, one wouldn't exist without the other, you yeah. know, in terms of we wouldn't have the popularity of our brand without having, I guess, the, um, you know, the purpose behind it and sort of that, um, that, that tangibility of the impact that comes through a sale. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they, they do sort of certainly, you know, coexist and, and support one another. So that was one, you know, technique. And then, look, the other thing was really, um, I, I guess, given that we started, we opened a, a clothing store, like a shop. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as we discussed, you know, it was, it was almost sort of um, all these unforeseen outgoings and, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you look at the end of the month and you think, and I remember actually Marcus said to me very vividly because um, he'd worked in retail um, and I was so, you know, starry eyed. He's like, mate, I don't think you understand how much you have to do or how, how many, yeah. the minutiae behind all this to get a shop running. Um, so then look, closely followed was then really trying to, get our, our, our marketing, our digital marketing together and our online store and, and mm-hmm. building that. But um, a little bit of an oversight, I think, for us, as I said, sort of initially was um, that we, we just opened a store. You know, we were more yeah. focused on getting fixtures and fittings than, you know, obviously the, the online realm where we know there's, there's so many opportunities opportunity um you know to be able to to capitalize on that market so you know these are lessons as you go yeah it is and it's uh, it's the whole purpose of me creating this podcast is to get some of this advice as i go and honestly this week we've been getting quotes emailed to us um from the perspective of no skin about like you know actually retail properties that are available on brunswick street at the moment. oh yeah we're cool. looking yeah, into yeah, that yeah and they come through and we're Good like time yeah well, well it, it probably is and we're like you know if, if we're going to be able to come in at a decent rate now is probably the time yes and we see some of the prices and we're like that's well, actually lower than you'd expect you only need to sell x product to mm. justify your rent yes but again we are not from the sort of brick and mortar re- retail space and then other people are like yeah but have you thought about this yeah and that and it all suddenly starts to compound. It adds up. Absolutely. And I, and as I said as well, like, and we were talking, you know, prior to starting this podcast was that, um, you know, our store is, it's, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, almost three different purposes behind it now. Certainly it's a sales channel, but it's not our number one focus. Like it is yep. really shifting towards that e-com space. And it's pleasing to see that that's that growth because, you know, initially we were, we were like almost an 80, 20, um, uh, bricks and mortar store and then online store okay. contribution which is very unconventional right unless yeah. you're a an enormous global brand that has you know hundreds or thousands of stores yeah um and and, and we've really shifted that dial and it's almost probably now a 
it's like a 60-40 in, in advantage of the online store, which is really wow, pleasing okay. um, for us whilst maintaining still that sales base that we had with the bricks and mortar store. So, that's one purpose, but certainly it's a massive marketing tool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, bang on that corner of, sort yeah, of Brunswick and Johnson Street, prime spot. location. And we want to leverage that more. To be perfectly honest with you, I think there are a lot of people who still don't know what we are or what it is. Yeah. So, we're, we're really wanting to this year kind of make it known it's a destination to visit and yeah. for X, Y, Z. But fundamentally, um, the space is actually a it, its a supportive environment, it's an empathetic you know, employment space yeah. for the young people involved in our programs. Um, that is its sole purpose um, when, when we distill it down is to create that space, that safe environment um, to be able to instill the confidence in that young person to go out into the big bad world yeah. and feel comfortable in their own skin um, that they're competent but also just their self-confidence and worth. So, it's nice to perspective right like it's it's um it's not just for us a sales channel now but certainly it was when we first started yeah awesome do you think there's an opportunity in the future that where you use the store now and as you say it's always got to come back to the fact that you've got that store as an it's a social enterprise it's Mm. somewhere where people can gain that experience it's what's at the core of your reason for existing really so that's a difference that you'll have from your standard retail brand. Yeah. But as the online space is just going to grow and grow. and Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, it will. It is. It's <laughs> got it. Yeah. Um, but do you think there's actually space to incorporate some of that social enterprise, that employment for these people that you're helping, but actually in the digital space mm. and training some people into some of those digital skills, which in the future is going to be massively oh, absolutely. Well. It's such a good point. And look, we, you know, 2020 really looked at diversifying our income portfolio, but, but the duality of that with, um, with, with opportunity, you know, portfolio. So mm. employment for us in our training was traditionally just obviously sort of um, bricks and mortar and on the, on, on the shop floor. Um, but certainly, you know, we, we've launched also a, um, a, a creative um, to our business, Homey Creative, we're offering sort of, um, I guess, a bit of a full service agency sort of type of cool. video production, um, photography, modeling, etc. And you know, as an insight, having our young people as as, as models, um, you yeah, know, in, cool. in our programs, which is really cool. Obviously, you know, with their consent and everything else, but yeah. you know, being able to offer them as as an opportunity for for another brand to be able to sort of have some some higher purpose as well. Um, and, and, and that's also extended to production of our garments. You know, a young woman in our program, um, very talented pattern maker, who's now um, one of our production assistants on the Reborn range, nice. which is obviously all of our, um, you know, upcycled garments, yeah. which is really exciting venture. Um, and then we also have found, and look, not currently in terms of talking digital marketing like Facebook ads or web development, all that kind of stuff, but hopefully we'll get there. Um, but we have, um, you know, young people who are experimenting just in fulfillment, you know, yep. um, off the back of, um, you know, we, we saw a significant increase during um, 2020. Um, and um, and then also masks, we, we developed masks yep. and they were hugely popular. So because we couldn't have our store open, we had our young people working in the fulfillment space as well. So just experimenting, I think the reality is like not every young person wants to work on a shop floor, wants to work, you know, um, in whatever space. So just being able to offer more, but yeah. making sure that it's a quality experience for them, supports there, et cetera. So look, I, I hope so. I'd, I'd love to think that our, our business ultimately will be fully integrated and there'll be opportunity and there'll be young people, um, you know, beneficiaries from our programs, you know, um, throughout, you know, the entirety of our, of our business working, yeah. you know, in, in, the, in the impact space, working in the business space. Um, that's certainly the goal. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of experimenting right now and seeing what works and you know what their appetite is. You know, so um, yeah, it's it's exciting to sort of see you know and um, you know the, the growth 
um, in these spaces as well um, from a business perspective, but also um, that there's such an appetite there to want to apply themselves, um, you know, not just working on a shop floor, of course. Yeah, right. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, and, it's ni- and it's nice to show as well that there's either progression opportunities with them working with you uh, or the, how much variety there is in a business like that. So they might yeah. they might really love Homey and what you're doing and what you're offering and, you know, all the way down to the clothes and the style mm. of it. And at first glance, maybe think, yeah, that's cool. I could get work on the shop floor and there's my ceiling. Yeah. But when they get in, realize it's like, no, there's so much you can, oh. there's so much you can do from logistics to design to management. Absolutely. Know, to finance. There's a whole world available. It's incredible. And we're lucky to have some wonderful like partners. You know, we, we work very closely with, just as, as an example, like with the guys at Haynes Brands and, you know, mm-hmm. we've um, done some collaborations with Reborn and Champion. Um, and, and, you know, to be able to take those young people, you know, in, in our program as well, they, you know, um, work in some of those stores, you know, Bonds, Champion, etc. But then to be able to, through the, um, the practical learning that we do on the um, in the education to be able to go into the workplace and see the head office, you know, and see what exists there, and yeah. you know, like the opportunity there is just enormous. As you say, it's a lot. You know, it's it, it's almost like I liken it to kind of you know we see the finished product, you know, when we're watching like a t- TV show. Yeah. But what's happening behind that is that there's so many different roles that exist. It Same is. goes for 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 a retail brand and business. So it's awesome to be able to show that and, and show that that's a possibility and an option that, you know, there is a career in, yeah. in this space far beyond um, being a sales assistant, but also that's a great career for a lot of people as well. So, mm. it's good to have that. But we, we look, retail, we think, is a, it's a launching pad for our young people as well. Some may have decorated careers in that space, wonderful, yeah. um, but also like a lot of us, that's our first point of call. We worked in hospitality or retail. It's a wonderful conduit to so many different other things. So, mm. it's, it's, it's a great sort of base you know for, for, for a young person to start in a launching pad and it's um it's actually retail's biggest employer of young people in the country yeah so when we're combating youth homelessness and then being able to use the medium of retail great place to start perfect marriage yeah exactly yeah. i don't it's funny as you say like you know you see the finished product as you do in a movie you know you see the finished product but behind the scenes i'd love to see in retail or in fashion effectively the credit list you know you watch the end of the movie yeah. and you sit there and it's like 10 minutes later it's still going it's a great call hundreds of people involved absolutely you and you're see right that list on a like clothing item these were all the people involved it would really change the perspective and especially when you start breaking out of the fast fashion mold yes. and going into slower fashion more conscious fashion yep. and you see that all right something might be more expensive than has been the case in the last 10 years where mm fast fashion has dominated the marketplace absolutely you see that list of people involved it's like all right this is why it costs i made your clothes yeah yeah everybody along the way has to get paid and has to get paid properly absolutely absolutely couldn't couldn't agree more taking a quick break here to say thanks again for listening hope you're enjoying what you're hearing today and if you are enjoying it please leave a review as we're a new podcast those reviews are really important to us and also don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts we'll talk a little bit about the journey i mean we've already launched straight into a lot of the day today yes but just to give a bit of context for the listeners um you started this off as a Facebook page in 2015, I believe, to bring awareness to mm. homelessness. Mm. At that stage, why why a Facebook page? What was the, I suppose, the thinking behind that? Yeah, um, look, I think for us it was we, we had started to have some conversations with people that were living rough on the streets um, in Melbourne, and and to be honest, it was it was looking at that um, 
that uh, example of sort of, you know, humans in New York yeah. and wanting to emulate something like that, okay. right? Saw how popular it was. And I think I'm a big believer that a lot of new ideas, adaptations of old ones, you yeah. know, and, and refinements and amendments. Um, so we just saw an opportunity. We thought this is a wonderful formula that they've created there. And, and it's so engaging and it's powerful and it's, and it's storytelling. So look, yeah. we, we were really careful and strategic about ensuring that, you know, this was stories in their own words with their consent completely, you know, I, I guess, um, pure in the sense that we hadn't sort of tainted it in yeah. any way, shape or form um, to, tr- to ultimately try and dispel those preconceived notions towards homelessness. Yeah. So, it was a huge awareness raising activity and, and it was amazing how far reaching it became, cool. um, you know. So, that was the intent was really, okay, well, there's a formula here that works. Humans in New York is so popular and it's powerful, but let's profile a specific group of people that we feel, you know, maybe need to be further you know, um, given that platform to, yeah. to be able to um, express themselves and tell their story because there's a huge injustice there and such a, a stigma and a, and a preconceived sort of, you know, notion and stereotype towards these people that was just so uninformed and yeah, and uneducated sure. and, 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 and we just wanted to, we got pissed off, to be honest. We were like, it just yeah. sucks that the, the, the misrepresentation is, is or, the, or the stereotype is this when it's actually this. Um, yeah. So, that's what really fueled the page, to be honest, was no, a awesome. bit of anger. Um, you yeah. know, and a, hey, that's where a lot passion. of the good ideas, it's the passion that gets things across the line. And that yeah. kind of ties into what I was going to say is, you know, if you start a Facebook page and be it that you're starting a Facebook page for your brand or for your message you want to convey for your not-for-profit mm. or just for anything you're passionate about, yeah. it is it's a bit of a grind getting that up and running and you know those first bits of time where you're posting and you know you're generating content yeah much like a podcast you know you're slowly exactly away with the yeah yeah and then you're like, one right, like two likes yeah. that's it so how how was the growth of that facebook page was it quite organic was yeah. there a strategy behind that how did that go from one or two likes i'll tell you a secret yeah yeah so I, I think this works really well but it's quite labor intensive and this works for if you're creating a brand instagram whatever um Obviously, you're going to get the immediate support from your family and friends, right? Yeah. Um, so, that was massive. But what we actually did to try and get some momentum early days for both of our, our, our Facebook page and our Instagram page um, was, you know, we, we, we asked, we, initially, we started with our own um, profiles and we just invited, clicked every single person that we had friends on Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, maybe a minimum of like 500, but, you know, that could be upwards to a thousand. Um, when you say friend, I mean, I don't know how close they are. Um, some of them, right. But um, so you do that and, 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 and that referee of someone that they know or you know is really yeah, powerful okay. and there's that trust that's already built. So then what we did was we got our close mates and said, do you mind if we log into your Facebook? Um, you know, I'm not going to send any stupid messages or write a silly status. Yeah. I'm just going to invite your friends to my page. Yeah. Um, and and that actually was a really powerful tool because, you know, from the outset, you'd already have minimum 500 people liking your page. Someone, a stranger goes and sees that. It's already a bit more legitimate, right? Okay, yeah. I will like that because it's actually a group of people who are already around this. So, that was a little secret, little technique that I think is is a really great one because um, it just works so well, right? There's that trust that's built there. But th- th- look, it was largely organic beyond that. Like, yeah. I think it was just the, um, the fact that a lot of people also... Um, especially working in the CBD, um, would see those faces and recognise that you know they yeah. you know they may have walked past that person in the morning That's and true. I don't know how the algorithm works, but their face appears on their their you know their Facebook when they're on the train that night and then there's a story there and there's some connectors in terms of oh so I'm interested in this music and because that's mm. what people would talk about right it was stuff that we would talk about was you know I love listening to this person and um, my favorite food is this so then that person had a commonality and an interest um, that, that was shared with yeah. that person 
might go past them the next day and, and actually have a chat. And that was really interesting on our page or comments saying, oh, I walked past David this morning and I said g'day and he was so lovely, you know, and um, and I had a sandwich with him and stuff. So that was, that was really cool. Um, but actually, ultimately, like, you know, we were seeing stories get out to and, and people you know um sharing and liking from you know america and it, it got international like i think mm. at its peak it was reaching you know half a million people these stories wow. which is which is really powerful huge, yeah. i wish our brand was doing that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was it just goes to show right like i think um we all love stories yeah um you know and, and the fact that they were in their own words um and um it was just raw and and I think the best thing was that it did challenge the stereotype. It, it made them human, which they are, and yeah. and that was that was probably its biggest accomplishment. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so much I'd love to dig into even just on that. And <laughs> I, but I think it's actually interesting because a piece of advice I have recently, and I think it's a little bit strange for me as well, is coming from the UK and yeah. then coming to Melbourne. You sometimes lose perspective of how big a market or a demographic is, or just a population. Yes, and as you say there. It is very tangible because it is the people who are walking past them on yeah. the street. And that actually, even now that resonates even more, I'm like, okay, I can see how powerful that can be when you recognize these people. And let's be honest, sometimes, you know, if you live in an area and you do frequently see somebody who's mm. on the street, you do wonder a bit more about them, yeah. but you don't necessarily feel comfortable to engage and have the conversation. But this is tearing down that wall and yeah. allowing you to do it absolutely so i can see how people organically just got around that and going back to what i was saying about the size of a market or a population is you you can do that just within melbourne because you can still reach thousands and thousands of people there are thousands tens of thousands in the cbd mm. every day mm. like, exactly it, it doesn't need to go broader than that to get traction um, look melbourne is um you know n- nothing's perfect and nowhere but um you know, there are a lot of good people around. Yeah. Um, and and also, I think, like, Melbourne carries a lot of weight, you know, when you mm. travel interstate, maybe not Sydney, but but um, but also internationally, you know, yeah. like, Melbourne is, is a cool destination. Yeah. Um, and it's known and it's got a reputation. Um, and that's what's also wonderful to, to, to launch a brand here, yeah. albeit it's, if it's a charity or if it's a clothing brand or whatever, but there's currency. And there's coolness yeah. to Melbourne. So, you're already a, a winner if you can start something in here because, you know, it, it cuts through. Yeah. It really does. Life in the 2020s is different. There's more masks. Hey, guys. What's up? Welcome back to my channel. A few different options for DIY at-home masks. Less plane travel. More fires. More smoke. More coastal erosion. Over the years, we've seen, of course, the sand does come and go. But again, I've never seen it like this before, not in my lifetime. Not enough water in some places and too much in others. A woman's been rescued from a tree and a train derailed as parts of the state continue to be battered by wild What's a person to do in a world with an already changed climate? Did I say already changed? Yeah, and on track for much more change. Shifting baseline syndrome, a phenomenon of lowered expectations in which each generation regards a progressively poorer natural world as normal. In fact, the only thing we know for certain about the future is that our already weird present is just the beginning. We are through the looking glass. The shows in the Climactic Collective are your guide, created by fellow travelers. Each show is independently owned and controlled by its hosts, all engaged with the climate crisis, but without feeling the need to constantly explain the greenhouse effect. Greenhouse gases are a bit like a doona. So check out Climactic.fm 
and our flagship podcast, Climactic, to get involved and engaged with the climate crisis. Because these are climactic times, and everything has changed. The Climactic Collective. Okay, so let's talk a bit about the management of the business. So usually on this podcast, we we would actually speak to for-profit businesses, but I think Homey is just such this great bridge, such a great bridge between a not-for-profit and a for-profit mm. because you're essentially operating as just a standard retail brand yeah. from, I suppose, the back office and the revenue side of for it. Sure. So you're using the store to create the opportunity, but you're managing the store as a for-profit entity mm. in itself. Is there differences in the way that you go about that? Are there, you know, contrasts from if you didn't have the social enterprise stuff? Mm. Um, and, you know, you talked a little bit about acquiring funding through things like grants. Yeah. So there's an element of funding. But in the day-to-day back office, are you essentially just running a retail store? Yeah. Good question. Like, it's it, look, it, it, yes and no. Like, it, it's it's very heavily integrated. Yeah. Um, and it is a hybrid model. You know, obviously, it's quite unique. There's not many that exist that sort of have that commercial element, but also, I guess, um, are embedded with purpose, right? Like, we're a, we're a business with purpose, but a purpose-led business. Like, you know, in, in a way, we kind of, um, unlike, you know, sort of, I guess, brands that have, you know, sort of now more recently integrated CSR, et cetera, like that's been us from our essence and like that is fundamentally yeah. underpinned, like our constitution stipulates that all profits must be reinvested, you know, into social impact programs and serving yeah. the community. You know, I guess our our area is poverty destitution and we've chosen homelessness. So, um, you know, that's, I guess, one element which 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 is nice because, you know, it, it certainly is quite grounding, right, when there's sort of the whole, you know, hustle and bustle and, you know, anxiety and everything else to bring it back to, well, you know, like ultimately. There's a reason. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and exactly. And, and you can go to bed at night and, and just, you know, it, it makes it a bit easier, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I classify myself, I talk like my role, like a professional problem solver. So, like, ultimately, yes, like that is our absolute objective. It's chicken or egg almost in a way is like, well, uh, Fundamentally, it's about, you know, we want to have as many opportunities as possible for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and why? Because youth homelessness is the most represented group of people experiencing homelessness, trying to break the cycle of homelessness through, I guess, opportunity to young people to ensure that it doesn't become a chronic issue and there are people living rough, etc. cetera. Um, we, we've been very strategic in, in our select area of impact, but then how do we do so? Well, we need to be able to ensure that this can scale, be sustainable, all those other components. So, you know, it's like, well, do you kind of focus on this side of things and, and get that really tight? Or do you, you know, I guess, ensure that this is well taken care of? Because without this, there's no that. Yeah. No profit, no purpose. Yeah, I, it is. It's definitely an interesting balance. And that's the whole thing I've been really fascinate, fascinated by in your model is that, you know, to distill it down to a simplicity or a simplest form is you've got $100 in profit from one you know one scenario mm. and it's like does this go into building this you know this element of the social enterprise and giving somebody an opportunity mm. or does it go into growing the brand which in turn will put two hundred dollars into that box and it's like exactly where do you pull those strings oh, it's a tough it, 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 look at look it is and i think um it's about playing the long game now really yeah um because we don't want to be a fad right like you know um you know it'll still be you know if it all went tits up, worst case scenario, we've still been able to do something. I mean, we've had like, you know, over 30 graduates come through our program who are all working part-time, full-time roles, who are living in their own you know, independent living situation. Nice. Like that is, that is um, 
I'm not going to say life-changing, but it's a profound impact, you know, um, sure is, for, yeah. for someone. And, and, and that's what we're really proud of, right, is like it's, it's a quality experience, an opportunity that we provided, and, and it's better to do it something for someone than trying to do everything for everyone. No, but, that's great. you know, we are at a point now where it is, it is really about ensuring longevity and legacy um, and, yeah, and creating a business that can, you know, withstand the elements. Yeah, um, and, withstand and, 2020. <laughs> exactly. If you can do that, then you can do a fair bit. But, um, yeah, it's going to be, for us, it's always going to be a case of bringing our two, uh, our business and our impact up together. Yeah. Um, and not compromising on quality with, with, with either of those, right? You aware, could yeah. be aware that you scale your business to a point of, you know, compromising on the quality of production because, purely you know like how scale. well yeah. exactly um probably not a wise decision um with our programs as well um you know getting into a point where we can't deliver the i guess it's very comprehensive it's very high touch if we were to i guess compromise on the integrity of that then you know the long-term results of that young person's well-being won't be the same you know yeah. we don't want to be a bad solution as well so i guess what is our apex mountain like what is our peak we don't know yet mm. um but those are two very real considerations is we don't want to compromise on the quality of what we deliver for our young people and we don't want to compromise on the quality of exploitation you know um, in the production exactly line. you know we can't be doing something great here and doing something terrible over here like they have to actually be married so yeah. i don't know what our mass is yet I, I, I honestly um there's definitely room for growth and i think yeah. the scale in impact is coming through our partnerships with some awesome brands right like we're working with Bonds and Champion and Nike and Tom Shoes and providing opportunities through their outlets and, and, and coaching their teams to be able to do what we do. And that's really cool to see, right? Because as yeah, I said, retail is a big industry, like collaborate. Like we're not, we don't have want to have the monopoly over you know, young people. people. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and they have the, stru- like talking about, they have the infrastructure, right? Like a lot of these, they already have the sound business model yeah. that, that has existed in these, you know, enormous brands. If we can help them do that whilst also, I guess, growing our own business and our brand, wonderful. So that's that's been one um, technique that we've employed outsourcing impact in a way but we're certainly we are the mediators the facilitators that of that whole process yeah. but it's I, awesome kills two birds one stone yeah i really i really like that concept of outsourcing impact and really that comes down as well to that's leverage yeah there is there is so much that you can do with one brand in one place but if you can effectively create the impact model and outsource that you're then doing it by a factor of 10, a factor of 20. Exactly. Your leverage comes from that and that's what you need. And I spoke about two birds of one stone, but what I mean in the sense is more opportunity, more young people that we can provide opportunity to. But ultimately also, like you can challenge the stigma, you can, you know, the workplace itself. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting wonderful feedback that, you know, the team's never been more invigorated or more productive because they feel like there's a, a greater purpose there. Yeah. They're more attentive, they're more, um, you know, I, I guess trying to set a great example for that young person who's coming in because, okay, yeah. my job is not now just about selling the clothing like that's a part of it but i actually also want to give this, this young person who's working alongside me i want to show them you know how, how to do it properly yeah inspire um, them. exactly great. but also when that young person comes in once again there's another benefit because it also they they are a credit to themselves and then that team member or that manager goes oh wow like i actually thought they'd be like this and they're actually like this and yeah. far out like this person's so reliable and dependable and you know it's just completely you know changes the whole dynamic so mm. That's been great. The benefits that have come, the ripple effects of, of that has been awesome. That's huge. Such an accomplishment, man. It's awesome. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I appreciate it's it. It's funny. And podcasts like this like are great to be able to 
sit back and reflect because you don't get to smell the roses, right? You don't understand yeah. this often. You're in the rat race. It's always like, oh, that's great, but there's one more other thing to do. So it's nice to get that feedback, but to sit here and actually talk it through helps me to kind of digest and process what we have done. Yeah, it's, that's it. And just you've got to do that. You've got to step back and what you've achieved. And, you know, especially in your circumstance, it's one thing to step back and look at what you've achieved in growing a brand and, you know, just producing a business is mm. great. But to know that you've had that direct impact, you know, on one person even is, oh. you know, Absolutely, you take that. Like you, you take that for sure. Right. So, question then. Um, you are the CEO of mm-hmm. Homie. How did that come about? How was that decision made? Oh, there's no, <laughs> there's nobody else. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I just said, I, I think, um, what, what I say, I, I classify myself as a professional problem solver. Like, yeah. But what, what I... I think what I'm good at is is people and relationships. Like, and that's what it, it's what it all is. Like, you know, it's it's all been about developing, maintaining relationships and stuff that I've just been lucky to learn through how I was raised. You know, like look people in the eye, shake their hands, yeah. say please and thank you. It's not rocket science. I think, um, you know, my background prior to this was um, I studied communications at RMIT, so yeah. you know, sort of journalism, advertising, and media. So. It was good because that helped early days when we were trying to build hyper momentum and, and I was kind of the author of the um, the Facebook page, um, you know, that I had some skills there yeah. um, and understood the landscape and what we needed to do to get some attention and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and and then, look, it just evolved from, um, you know, certainly like one of the co-founders, Marcus, um, you know, is, is the creative director yeah um and how did that come about like he just was used to doodle and you know (laughs) and had a great you know um straight sense and worked at general pants and all this kind of stuff and was just a really talented you know creative person photographer videographer all that kind of stuff but you know knew how to design stuff and um and and he is very you know he is the brand like you know in terms of the aesthetic and i'm kind of the you know um the back of house kind of you know I, i guess helping the wheels to turn so look i think um and I, I was a prior to this, you know, my, my job was a, I was a manny, I was a, I was a, a you know male babysitter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then that taught me a lot as well, you know, yeah. a lot of different things that I took from that. And um, ultimately, I think I was, you know, best person for that role that we had at that point in time, potentially. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm, you know, going to be the best person forever as a CEO of Homie by any means. But, um, you know, I think... Um, that's what it's about is being able to be reflective, being able to just bring the team with you. Um, and um, I've just learned a lot through it. It's been such oh, a man. wonderful experience. People I've met, um, the support that I've garnered, um, you know, and my networks are just, it's awesome. Like you, you would, we wouldn't get that otherwise. Mm. Um, so, you know, I worked in the shop um, and then we decided to take it a bit more seriously and realize we need this, this and this, um, you know, and we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm willing to be a CEO for um, not a lot yeah, <laughs> uh, and still am, you know, but um, oh, I love it. It's um, it's such a great job. And, and I think your job gets easier and harder over time because the stakes get higher. But yeah. as I say, like when we first started this podcast, talking about my people, like my job is to support them. It's great. Like I, mm. I'm so lucky um, that and, and it becomes less and less each year because there are other people who can do what I have been doing better than me. And yeah. my job is just to help them, you know, um, I guess, continue to, to do that. So it's, um, yeah, it has its perks. Yeah, oh, I, I bet it's a great, it's just a great thing to to have become and to have not, you know, I certainly wouldn't say fallen into. I don't think that's a nice way to ever put it because it's you've grown into and you've. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm a bit of a. I, I, in a way, though, like you know, it's funny, like a faux CEO in a way, in the sense that, like you know, it wasn't like I was. I applied and I was headhunted and I had to go through the ranks and that kind of stuff. Like I'm 27 and that's the role, but it, it is, you know, that's what it requires. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm not a CEO of a 
top 100 ASX sort of, you know, big wig in the in the suit and stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, I still think I work just as hard. Um, you know, I've got a willingness to learn. Um, so, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's, it's a title, right? But- it is. It's, title. <laughs> it's about what you actually do with the job, whatever the title is. Exactly, and, yeah, exactly. The impact's being made. And it's everyone. I've got, I've got to say, like, yeah, I am just a small piece of the puzzle. It's the people around me and our team that, that make it happen. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's, yeah, the, you're there to just bring those guys yeah, the, together. They're the they're, secret sauce. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. What do you think one of the most challenging elements of running a brand is or a retail business, effectively, you know, running a shop? Mm. Um what do you think is one of the most challenging parts of that that most people wouldn't expect or they underestimate? Mm. Oh, good question. Um, I think a lot of it is is is, is the minutiae and, and 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 like the, the customer, like is yeah. is 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 the um, the weight that you give to that, okay. um, and 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 every interaction being able to take something from that. And I, I think I can say wholeheartedly we. We certainly didn't maximize the early days, and are still learning how to do that. But that's your most valuable commodity, I think, and and just you know drawing those insights. Yeah. Um, and I remember like getting this feedback from someone being like, "You need to ask your customer why they're not shopping with you." And I'm like, "Well, how the hell am I going to do that?" I'm going to send someone walks out the store and say, "I'm sorry, why didn't you buy something?" Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, you actually want to try and find that out, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's something that, um, yeah, I, I probably. You know, you sort of just assume that it'll, it'll, it'll tick over and you look at the numbers in the, the day and go, oh, okay, X amount was purchased. But every interaction, there's something that can be taken from yeah. that um, and the observations that you can you can pick up. Um, and that's all data to inform, yeah. you know, like because ultimately the one's buying it, like you can put it out there. So that's something I think we're continually um, working on refining and customer engagement and, 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 and access to the brand and making them feel part of it. I think that's such mm. an important thing is to bring them along with you. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, at one time, how do you have a return customer? How do you build that loyalty and yeah. that um, and that trust in the brand and that authenticity, etc.? So, just really putting your weighting on that, I think that's mm. so critical. Um, and yeah, as I say, certainly you know, early days, customer coming, see you later, have a good day. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's so much you can take from it, you yeah. know, and 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 to just be more savvy with that. And you know, as I say, it's all data to plug mm. in and then inform, you know, what you put out next time. Yeah, awesome. I think it's a funny paradox, really, that I think if you look at yeah, exactly what you've just said there and is what I'm learning as I progress and as I look into things is I'm, I'm a big data person. I'm mm. really into that. I love like the analytics. I'll do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then that also comes from like the sort of marketing and online world that I come from. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side of it is everybody is saying now as well, and I completely agree with it, that you've got it's storytelling is huge. Mm. Taking people on the journey, getting those brand ambassadors, yeah. not speaking to your customers like, from you know either up on a pedestal or behind a wall kind of thing you've got to be in there around them. yeah walking alongside them in the trenches with them yeah exactly mm. which is actually quite a strange thing of like to be doing that and be doing that um genuinely yeah and to be authentic about that yeah whilst also like manipulating the data in the background yeah yeah it's yeah a, it's a fine balance to not fall too heavily on one side and to become i suppose a bit too fluffy with the customer side absolutely neglect the data or to become too caught up in the data and neglect the customer mm, mm. So, yeah once again yeah you're right it's, it's just it's just a balance but yeah i, I think that's it's just your most valuable commodity and i, I think look that's something that my I really admire about my partner Danny. Again, she's got a very successful gumboot business, um, yeah. Spruce Spruce. Um, but um, she, um, you know, I, she certainly goes above and beyond. And 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 you know, she's um, 
Instagram on there herself, you know, even though, you know, other people also can do that at work, you know, yeah. replying to a customer, very genuine, very authentic. And it's amazing to see that. I think it's like that. Um, it's silly. Uh, that, it's that movie with um, Robert De Niro and um, Anne Hathaway. It's like the intern was a grandpa. And he, I like it. It's yeah. like a gentle, a nice watch, right? <laughs> but I think like that's um, why the key, you know, that's that scene where um, she goes and shows the person how to pack the, She's yeah. in the factory and goes hands on how to pack. Like that's that's it. Like that's yeah. that's exactly what you want from your from your leader yeah. is someone hands on in the trenches going. This is how it's done. Sounds so dumb. that's what's that's, that's a difference yeah. maker is is the quality of the care and the investment. Yeah. yeah. I'd be lying if I said that movie wasn't part of the like inspiration to start a brand. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that. I'm like, man, that looks yeah, that looks great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's got it's, it's layered. You know, there's yeah. an affair in there, and there's all this other stuff. But no, I, I think it's actually it's a really interesting, good watch. I think that's just a, it's that's that scene reminds you of as I say, Danny, like when um yeah, what she does with her customer, just a yeah. level of quality and care, it's and still that no no secrets, no surprises, while the success there. No, it's still just that extra level of attention to detail, and it's huge. And that's I think that's what people value now, and. Don't get me wrong, like there's, you know, there's a lot of good customer service and things coming out of places like the Iconic or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and free returns. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to compete with, but you you don't get that, you don't get that handwritten note. You no. Know? You're never going to get that at that scale. No, exactly. And it's, um, it's funny. So, we, we, we're a wonderful board member, a woman who um, worked sort of in sort of psychiatry and with, with adolescents for a long time. Um and she said something really profound recently. She said, you know, there are two things that we all want in this world as a human to to be known and to matter. And you can mm-hmm. apply that to our young people in our programs. And, but any person in general, I think it's very true. But a customer, you know, yeah. to, to be known and to matter. Yeah, if, you can, sure. if you can, you know, re- remember their name and, and show them they, they matter to you, far out. That's, it, a, that's a lifetime customer. It really is. And that's huge. And, you know, even from a operations, a business perspective, a lifetime customer that doesn't cost to acquire for that second purchase mm. it's more it's you know it's more profitable it's the way to run a business absolutely yeah. absolutely all right so it's been awesome to chat through this so i want to wrap things up now and conscious of your time but no, just a chance for you to you know to roll it out for you and plug whatever you want to plug tell me what does the next 12 months for <laughs> homey look like yeah and you know what what can people do to get around it? Not just shopping, but yeah, yeah. how can we get involved? Great, yeah. Look, look. I think it's going to be an exciting year for us. We've got some some awesome collaborations happening with some some big brands. Why not? You know, Champion obviously is going to be awesome. Yeah, we've got great. we've got a really cool capsule coming out with them. Nice. Um, so the first quarter this year, and then another brand that I can't reveal, which will be pretty cool um, for us. Oh, a big, a big right. brand moment again, but it's it's pretty surreal to be working with these guys. So I guess um you know love, love people get their eyes out on on, on those. And yeah. ultimately, you know, as you say, it's it's not just about buying our product. Like that is you know one of the biggest outlets in terms of being able to support us mm. but i think um you know if you have the opportunity to come into our store you know it, that that's that's really important because you can interact with one of our you know beneficiaries and um you know many of them know now because i'm telling you but yeah. you know when we're running our program like it's really special i think to know that directly in that interaction you can have with someone you're not just that purchase is not just benefiting them like the actual learning that you're contributing towards yeah um is really special right because each time they're serving a customer you're getting something from that so yeah. i think that's like always something that i encourage we don't have it blatantly like you know this is when our programs are running etc it doesn't say you know young homeless person and we, and we never use that language it's a person experiencing homelessness as a hardship yeah um but to know that you know that there's a there's a genuine value add that's happening through that experience to to, to provide that um i guess you know for us, the other thing, the best thing you can do for us really is is to talk about us 
the issue of homelessness, issue of youth homelessness, because that stigma that exists is still so still large. Yeah. Um, and, and as I say, the, the misunderstanding around it, the stereotype of a person experiencing homelessness is an elderly person with a grey hair and beard and, mm. you know, a bottle of whatever. It's so contrasted. The reality of homelessness, you know, is it's so unique. It's a complex issue. But the majority of people experiencing homelessness are young people. So over 60% of the population of people experiencing homelessness, which is now over 120,000, wow. is 35 and under. Um, okay. Over 40% is 25 and under. So the actual biggest percentage is, is, is young people. Yeah. We need to change that. Um, we need to change that kind of narrative. Um, and the leading causes, you know, are sort of um, well, obviously housing and affordability for homelessness at large. But, you know, it's it's family, domestic violence, you know, mm. I guess, you know, family, um, you know, situations, etc. So it's just so, so contrasted to the reality. And even that person who potentially is experiencing homelessness living rough on the streets who's elderly who let's say may be having a bottle of something or you know you can yeah. might be under the influence of something there's a reason for that you know yeah. it's it's not just that is who they are you know there is probably a significant mental health issue or illness there behind that so we just need more empathy and understanding towards it so mm. just educate yourselves like um you know read you know there you know look at the census there are there there is legitimate stats behind that that show the reality is very different to what's perpetuated but you know, it's it's never a homeless person. Ultimately, it's a person experiencing homelessness. This yeah. is a situation that someone can get out of with the right yeah. level of support, care, opportunity, but ultimately understanding. Number one. Yeah. So that's what I'd say. Beautiful. That's absolutely great, and I'll be taking that change to the way I talk about things with me as well. I think that's really important, mate. Your passion is unparalleled. Your business is escalating, and is you know is an icon for being on Brunswick Street and oh, thank you, you know, it's, um, I've lived here for five years and I remember the first day I walked down Brunswick Street I was like drawn to it I saw it awesome. and so to now sit down and have a chat with you it's been really great really appreciate it uh, pleasure's all mine it's, it's been a wonderful morning thank you great. so much and, and good luck I'm, I'm really excited to follow your journey great and you mate and uh, maybe we'll catch up in 12 months and see where we are that'd be awesome cool thanks mate take care mate